This is Shop Talk with Jeff and John. This is a podcast about bicycles and all things bicycles. But it's more than that. We also discuss our adventures, not only on the bike, but off of it as well. We may or may not be experts, but we definitely have something to say. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shop Talk. How you doing, Jonathan? Namaste. Wow. Oh, look look at you. That's good. And he's doing downward dog. I <laughs> Is that what that is? That's what that is. Okay. And, and crouching. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah, he's doing something. He's doing all of it. All of it, yeah. Um how you doing? Namaste. Apparently you're good. You've got the little <laughs> the little thing with I, your I, hands going I, on I, and I, I need I need more namaste in my life. <laughs> True. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming just looking at your reaction and and the expression on your face. I would I would tend to I'm agree. I'm waiting for my life to get easier. I don't know that it does. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. We're sorry. I mean, it might like um There's nope, a, there's a season, there's a season of life, you know, <laughs> what I mean. And I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie, you know, the, uh, last year there was a good, what, six months where I was like, uh, my life was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no worries. And you're paying for it now? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's now it's kind back. of, it's, it's a post-dated check. It's oh, catching up with you. Yeah. 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 You're paying the tolls. Yeah. Well, and as you can hear, Vinny joins us again this week. Yeah. How are you doing, Vinny? I'm good. Good. Yeah. No, uh, no, no, uh, robotic. What is it? What, are you, what are you on? What? Rosetta Yoga? Stone. Rosetta Stone. No, like, not for me. I like robotics. That has nothing no, to do with anything. I'd, I'm probably be, I'd probably be better at robotics. <laughs> A robot say, hello. Hello. So. Hello, governor. <laughs> Great. Um, let's just do everything we can to get it back on track here. I'm not sure. So, uh, uh, Jonathan, um, I just wanted to say last week, uh, last week's episode, uh, really enjoyed uh, Trina. You brought your, he, he brought his other adventure buddy, yeah, right into the old studio. And, so, and right. my wife now wants to join. Well, you, you, <laughs> is that because right? Of that, yes, really, yeah, seriously, yeah. She well. said it again today. She's like, I want to go. Well, yeah. you know, you know how to get here. Yeah, I do. And I, there's, I, and there's, have her fill out the requisition. Yeah, because there's all kinds of waivers to sign. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, you. You've participated, and every time you're here, it's a new waiver. That, yeah, and shots that, that you have to get yeah, shots and <laughs> tetanus. But I really enjoyed um, learning and listening to her perspective of your trips, and she's a trooper. She's a uh, yeah. She, I mean, and the simple fact that I asked her if she would do it again, and she said yes. So that's like awesome. Oh that's no, man! Cool. I yeah. mean. The... I I don't know what to say right now other than I'm I'm very impressed um, by her being a trooper and yeah. being and, and willing to do things and whatever and I actually like hearing her story she doesn't tell me those stories very often I thought it was kind of funny that there you know she she jabbed you a little bit and made uh, me yeah. <laughs> yeah it was good it was a real good uh, real good session uh, really I think it came across really well and. Uh, so I look forward to having her back, like yeah, I said yeah. last week. So, and now there's, there's other spouses that want to join. So <laughs> you started um, a trend. Yeah. 
So, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure out what, what Katie wants to talk about. and uh, I'm sure. And then tell her no. Yeah. And tell then we'll the talk about something else. Yeah. Whatever, the, whatever you want to talk about, the opposite. <laughs> so, but I mean, even, I mean, Trina was all on board for like, yeah, you're, you're loading up a kayak and going places. I mean, she yeah. was literally on board with everything that you were talking about. And I just thought that was, that yeah. was pretty cool. So, yeah. no. um, hats off to you. You got an adventure partner there and she's willing, willing to get out and do things with she's you. She's a keeper. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You and, should. Uh, you should keep her. Yeah. You should keep her. I, I think yeah. you should. Might as yeah. well. Right? I think so. Lock that hey, up. We're probably... Lock... <laughs> oh. <laughs> we have to get married? I think you should do something like that. Yeah. So, um... I'm going to ask for you. Yeah. Yes. And then, uh, you know, we'll we'll do a production meeting and, and, and see what Katie may want to talk about. I'm sure she'd want to talk about, like, adventure stuff. Adventure stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> so, Katie, you want to talk about adventure stuff? Yeah. No. Good, because that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So, um, well, Vinny's joining us this week because, uh, as we mentioned, Jonathan and I mentioned last week, and then, then the previous week, we, we've been on this whole adventure biking gig, and then, like, Vinny asked, what is adventure biking? And then, lo and behold, Vinny done got himself, and that's, that's written that way, by the way, <laughs> an adventure bike and setup. So, yeah. uh, I know we talked a little bit about it. Jonathan went on and about the whole texting while he was at Disneyland. I'm but sorry. Uh, so uh, I am sorry for that. So did, what? did you hear the, the, the how how all that transpired? Uh, right, I'm like in in line, Guardians of the Galaxy. There's nothing else to do in line. And then <laughs> all of a sudden, hey guys, what do you guys think about this 920? Because I'm at work. <laughs> Should you be saying that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> at my lunch, yeah, obviously. I, I was, yeah, there you go. I was yeah. at lunch uh-huh. at work. Yeah, yeah. I think you should have led with that. Yeah, sorry. But then lunch from time. there, it just turned into like a continuous text messaging thread. And eleven twenty, and then hey, you know what? There's there's a marlin, you know, at work that you could just get that. And what? Thanks. So what's the deal? What happened? How? I mean. I know you were in on our previous episode about, uh-huh. you know, our, our, our adventure bikes. So what happened? Well, that, that came up with the Marlin 7. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a good opportunity. It seemed like kind of right at the right time, if that but, makes sense. But, but before that, you, yeah. were, you were looking at the 920, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1120. So you went from sitting in on an episode to like asking what an adventure bike was. Yeah. And then you're texting to... us out of the blue. Hey, what do you think of this bike? What do you think of this bike? So what tripped? Yeah. What happened? What peer pressure? But I didn't think we peer no, pressure. No, I'm joking. Oh. No, I. It it the more I looked into it, the more fu- and the more you guys talked about it. Obviously, um, the more I started looking at like some Instagram accounts, some forums, things like that. It 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 just looked like fun. And right. Yeah. It, I I want to be able to do these adventures with you. I don't want to. Peer pressure. Yeah. Peer pressure. Peer, peer pressure. I said it first, and yeah. you guys said you didn't peer pressure me, but then whatever. Yeah, but you went on your own Instagram. You didn't bully me. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. I don't feel bullied here. Although that's good because, yeah. you know, we're, no bullying. Yeah. Yeah. Anti-bully. Yeah. But you will join us. I will join you, and I will ride a bike. <laughs> <laughs> but, he but, felt left out. But he, he did. That's the he, peer pressure part of it. He jumped off the couch and was looking at the 920, the 1120, and just like. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> Those were awesome. Yeah. They were, you got to admit, they're awesome bikes. But for the money I have right now, Marlin 7's way better. <laughs> way better. 
Yeah, so Jonathan's like reading all these texts. He's telling the strangers, well, wait a minute. There, there's a bike that's available that, that you could buy for the cost of a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. So Air Jordans probably, but yeah. Well, I mean, shoes. I didn't say what size, I mean, what kind of shoes, yeah. but yeah. I'm sure you could spend that kind of money on shoes somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, but it's a great deal uh, with the with the gear that we've already started to put on it. So that that's going to be my question because I know I know Jonathan got a hold of you yes. and you're 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 doing the touring setup or you're doing panniers or what how do we what's your setup or it's, what's your goal? So it has a rack right now on the back. Okay. And, and luckily the bike has mounting points for a rack. So we were able to get a Bontrager rack that goes with the Trek um Marlin 7, right. which is awesome. Uh we can put panniers on it. We can put um I think we were looking at a trunk bag. Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Um, but we also ordered uh, the fork mounts. So I can't re- exactly. I don't remember exactly the what those are called. The Versa Cage. There you go. Yeah. The Versa Cages for it. Um, I was also looking at a uh, handlebar bag. Um, so I don't know exactly what is that. If that's touring or if that's. So how many? How many? Uh, liters. 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 How many liters are you trying to stack? I that's, I haven't figured that out yet. I don't I don't know that part. So it, it, to be because <laughs> you're coming. you're a car camper guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you're I, Mr. Overlander, right? Yeah, yeah. So you've never had to stick all that stuff in the right <laughs> in a places, little sack, no. right no. into a little sack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still talking about bike packing? I think so. Okay. But no, I, I mean, I have to, so I, I've had to do, take five people's worth of stuff and shove it into a car to right. go places, which is still condensing a lot, uh-huh. um, but never have it condensed enough to be able to pedal a bike, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because so, I, I seriously have found it so fortunate that the backpacking thing has preceded this bike packing thing mm-hmm. yeah because i know that I, all my stuff can fit into a 65 liter backpack, backpack. yeah mm-hmm. right i have uh-huh. an 85 liter backpack yeah just in case i want to carry a dog inside my bag mm-hmm. um or but body. i know that 65 is like my my number you mm-hmm. know what i mean that that equates to my 45 pounds of of gear type thing right so, so you know for a fact because it would fit in this container, yeah, that it's going to fit, even though even a little more dispersed in these various containers because it equals up to the same amount of correct. Thing. Which is since our last episode and the previous episode, that's what I've been struggling with. Well, is, and that's that's what I was going to ask. So how, even as a backpacker, how do you figure that out? Like trial so, and error, literally. Yes. Like I'm in my garage at. 11 o'clock at night and I'm like throwing stuff in and then, Oh, that didn't work. And I take it out and then throwing stuff in again. Mm -hmm. And then we go for a a, a trip. And then I realize that, Oh my gosh, this is so frustrating that I can't get everything back in the way it was originally folded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Blah, blah. So it's the experiences of it. Cause I'm at the point now where I'm looking, well, you know, we've talked about when I first got here, ordering stuff mm-hmm. to fit the bike, to fit my stuff. But I don't know. I don't have all the stuff yet, obviously, cause right. I'm still ordering, like you said, fresh off the couch to do this. Yeah. Um, I can't fit my trailer in there, my overlanding trailer, obviously. And yeah. it has all my stuff in it. That's not going to work with this. Um, so I have to be able to figure out not only what to buy, 
for packing all my stuff, but what to buy to pack. I'm yeah. at that point. So we've talked about tents. So I need to, you know, obviously rethink my tent situation now. Yeah. Um, jackets. I'm, I'm, I'm f- totally fresh to this. This is you, all wait, new. Wait. You don't have a tent. I mean, I, I know you were like asking us a couple weeks ago. I don't have whatever. a tent. No, he doesn't have, have a back- tent. He I have several family tents. He doesn't have a backpacking <laughs> tent. No. So. Yeah. No, see, that... I'm all new. You're taking someone totally green. To even even on the whole backpacking thing. So he's going from family car camping to remember when he first started this thing was in an RV. Mm-hmm. Remember those conversations? Got so it. now he's parred down to a to a Understood. Land Rover in a trailer. Okay. And now we're pouring down from that to a Marlin seven. Yeah. A lot of the things that he currently has is not going to par down to the Marlin seven, which is what I I the thing that I've learned, because you've got you got in the game a little later. All the equipment that I use is when I was really backpacking and mountaineering and on the rescue team and doing everything late 90s, 2000 to 2004, I was highly involved in this. So in 2000, I had state-of-the-art gear for 2000. Mm-hmm. I currently still have that gear. It's still reliable. It still works. We've used it. It's not worn out. However, lightweight and ultralight in 2000 is completely different than lightweight and ultralight in 2019. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the problem that I'm running into because now I'm playing with multi-configurations. I have the trailer that I can just literally load up and not worry about anything. Or I now have the components to set it up as a bike packing rig as well. Now, when you take this and you have... 10, 15, say you have 35 liters available, but your liter space is a lot different. And then to put a, a camping, to put a tent, a one-man tent, that's four and a half, five pounds from 2000, and now you're buying a one-man tent that you can get for two pounds. So your space and your footprint's a lot different. So that's what I'm finding out is like, I have gear. I can get into this thing with little to no money. Now it's just how to transport it. The easiest way, obviously, is with the trailer. No-brainer. I can put everything in there. But for an overnighter, is the trailer overkill? So that's sort of what I've been playing with the mm-hmm. last two weeks. And I've packed and repacked and have put it on one bike and put it on a different bike four times. So it's still a learning process for me. But I'm trying not to have to go out and buy a $400 tent that, that weighs two pounds yeah. or less than two pounds. So, um, And then he's in a different situation. He has to go from the trailer... To paneers. Yeah. 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 So tomorrow I'm legit going um, on a bicycle tour two days. And uh, I've already pre-packed uh-huh. um, except for my clothes. And I still have extra cargo room. Wow. Yeah. Like I could theoretically – so I, I, uh, I have my two uh, rear Ortley panniers. Those are 20-liter bags. And each then, side, so that's 40 side. liters on the uh-huh, back. Uh-huh. And then 10 liter um, uh, front bags. Or so you have 40 have in the back liters. and then 20 in the front. Yeah. That's that's your whole backpack, right? That's my whole backpack. Wow, that's awesome. And I, well, and, and, and I, I've always really have kept my, my tent um, on the outside of my backpack, um, but I could theoretically stuff it into my panniers. 
And is your tent on the rack or on top yeah, of the I'll trunk? Yeah, I'll put it bag? on top of the, the top of the rack. You know. Okay. Um, so you don't have a trunk bag, right? I have a trunk bag. I'm not going to use it though. I okay. don't need to. Yeah. Like there's, there's I, I have more than enough room. Yeah. So like right now, um, or last night, I, I was actually kind of a, uh, um, in the, uh, moral dilemma ish thing about like, wait a minute, do I have everything I had I need because there's room. And I'm kind of freaking out. Like, mm-hmm. did I forget something? And and that's water. Are, no, are I you... got water. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. So where um, are you going? I will surprise you later. So I have a surprise. Maybe. maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, that tonight. I mean, that we're getting caught up. Our tonight's episode is to discuss trip planning. Not only planning our trip, which we have coming up the first weekend or so in December, but trip planning in general and some of the obstacles involved in trip planning and things that you may run into. Um, so I know that we're, um, we're, we, we have a trip planned. Uh, it's mostly road with, um, with, with a bit of a, with a bit of a road that, that I'm not real keen on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you have some, some insight on that though, right? Yep. So I did a trip in the car obviously car camping this weekend uh out in anza borrego and from our area in murrieta to get to anza borrego you have to take sunrise highway so well i guess it's not sunrise i'm sorry uh 70 79 um 79 out by Vale, um on the way to anza um yeah no <laughs> not much of a shoulder at all a uh, very small six-inch section on the side of the white stripe, and then trucks and trailers zooming by. And I watched two poor guys on their bikes. It looked like they were doing a bike packing trip, um, just about getting knocked off um, by one a trailer and then one a truck and trailer. Um, and that scared the heck out of me. Yeah. So I had some fears going into this when we talked about our first trip which was supposed to be dripping springs doing that little portion even if it was only a mile of that highway because that's it's a pretty bad spot um (laughs) and after seeing what i saw this weekend i i was horrified i mean and when i when my wife saw the fear in my eyes just thinking outside like we were talking about if i was one of those guys on that bike i would be scared to death because there, there's no room there, and those guys aren't slowing down. And I'm one of them because I've got a trailer as well. Right. So there's nowhere to go. Um, you're, you're, if you cross over into traffic with a car, you're hitting another car. So and you, the car is going to opt not to do that. It's ex- going to opt to. I'm not going to put my fa- yeah. I'm, yeah. I'd, I'd much. I mean, it sounds bad, but <laughs> obviously, if you had to, you'd push the guy on the bike off the road at that point. Yeah. Um. And, you know, you're supposed to yield and all that. But when you come up over a, a, a summit of a hill and you've got the sun in your eyes and all and that, you you're can't... not seeing anything. It's sketchy. So you're you're concerned about that mile I'm... and a half or two-mile stretch of road that Very... we're planning yes. on? Yes. I am. <laughs> I am legit discouraged <laughs> by this whole ordeal. So... I'm sorry. My plan A for tomorrow was that I was going to go ride out to Dripping Screen, uh, Dripping Springs Dripping Campground. Dripping Screen sounds about right right now. <laughs> Dripping Screens <laughs> Campground from my so house. So you were going to pre-ride the course. 
I was going to ride the course. You oh, can just, pre it all you want. That's I was going to go for that trip. Why pre pre I got the next two days off, and I'm like, I'm getting out of the house, and I'm going to go to Dripping Screams. Mm-hmm. And we, so, so our conversation with Vinny and the, and the traffic scare. Now, you've got to admit, I think he's seconding the fears that I had when we talked. No, and I understand. I understand the sentiment. I understand it. I get it. I'm frustrated uh, and, 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 and selfishly. So and not selfish in like in my own personal, maybe, I don't know. I'm just going to use the word. I'm selfishly frustrated that we have to govern or route pre-plan our life around a one mile section of road versus because I mean, the, the whole route's about 30 miles. Right. So you're telling me that I have to forfeit my 30 mile ride, my 30 mile adventure because of one mile of danger. And it just sucks. I'm pouting right now. I'm, I'm, I'm upset. Um, Okay, I'm I'm hoping we can un- get you unpouted. I, I don't know how because, but the the fear is legit though. It's are, legit. Are, are it's the, real. The danger. Okay, the fear is what you hold internally. Yeah, yeah. The no, danger, danger is legit. Yeah. I feel because there's several places, even on group rides, when there's a bunch of us that I refuse to ride, or you're really sketched to ride, and it's like I don't really want to do this section of road. And it's because of, and Dave Portola is one of it. Like there's no shoulder and people give you no right of way. And, and it can be only a mile, but to get, if you were to get hit, run off the road or, or something, you know, dreadful happening in that last mile, it doesn't matter how much fun or how good the previous 29 were. Right. Mm -hmm. But this is how much we are newbies to this all. Okay. Because I'm like, I'm seeing... I'm following people, you know, on Instagram and on YouTube and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to Vietnam for a month. (laughs) Uh Now, they've never been to Vietnam and they're like, yeah, I'm going to go north to south. I mean, at this point, they're using Google Maps. I can only imagine. Right. That's going to help them along. Right. But Google Maps isn't going to be all like, hey, don't take this road. Um, It has no shoulder on it. Mm hmm. So anyone who's a bicycle adventurer right is going to encounter some mileage of danger. And at that point, yes, you you have to negotiate that danger. Do you just go, "Oh, you know what? This is truly purely dangerous that I'm going to make a U-turn or I'm going to get off my bike and I'm just going to walk as long as it takes to not be in danger. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's not always an option. But I think a lot of... Now, I'm going to use this as an example. Now, remember, it was about a year ago, almost to the date, that we did a Joshua Tree excursion, <laughs> and we were going to explore on bikes. Sure. And we looked at a map, and we said, well, we can do this on a bike. This is going to be fun. Let's go and do this. And we did it. 150 feet into the ride, we realized the ride was not what we were expecting. Right. And you still talk about how much fun that ride wasn't 
to this day. Sure. <laughs> and so that's going into something blind and it still didn't work out good. Yeah. Right? So I feel with with Vinny's intel giving us this gouge, that uh, allows us the opportunity not to get into a situation where the outcomes, A, could be bad or and then at a minimum, B, not fun. Because, I mean, we I look back at that scenario that we did in Joshua Tree. We were all hyped for it until we got into the first, literally, what, like the first 150 yards? Right. And we tried to make something out of nothing. And we literally got a three-mile ride that took us two and a half hours. Yeah, you got bit by a cactus. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you're pouting, and I'm, and I'm sorry that you're pouting. And I we, it, and maybe Vinny meant to rain on your I totally did. Or on Derailed your my plans. Yeah. Salt in the wound. That's, but, that's the lingo. But at the time, I mean, but hindsight being 2020, I mean, don't, wouldn't you rather know that in advance than then get yourself in a sticky situation where there might not even be enough room to walk? So, I mean, I mean, honestly, so, so pouting aside, uh, <laughs> pouting included. Okay. I concede to the decision not to go to dripping screams. Okay, and we that's just, what we're gonna call it. We've now. literally just yeah. changed the right. name of the place because it should uh, be called that. Because if you're riding a bike. because I I uh, uh, I knew that that mile on Highway 79 was going to be sketch, and at that point I was just going to figure it out, right? Figure it out, figure okay. it out, um, and hopefully not in a body bag. Figure it out. Well, I don't want you right? to be in one no. of those um, either. So. It's it's enough of a danger that okay fine, I get it. Mm. So now we have to come up with something else, right? Okay. Now before we talk about coming up with something else, I'm just bummed. I mean, again, this is where again that that selfish part thing is. is like, right. I'm just I'm I'm discouraged that. Wow, we don't live in an area or in a world or. I don't know how how grandiose I want to make this problem, but it's like, are you telling me I, I want to ride my bicycle and I can't commute on my bicycle to an adventure and be safe? This sucks. No, yeah. it, it does. I, I think it's it's like driving, right? I mean, there are highways. Highway 395 at night sucks, right? right? So we try to plan our trips around Highway 395 at certain times of the day well, with the family. Right mm -hmm. to keep everybody safe because you see all those white crosses along that path, and you know bad stuff's happened, and you hear. And I've I've had actually you know in my past friends and family that have died on or well friends of family that have passed away. I, I don't ride driving that drive this week, and and I've done it a million times, but you I've never thought to be that guy on the bike. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah, um, I think doing thirty miles and then having to look at that at the end of that 30 miles and no crap this is coming up it just takes all the fun out of it and then knowing that you got to get up and face it again the next day yeah and yeah. then so the fear i think like there's just situations in especially california but i'm sure across the country it's the same but it's it, almost like i want to get to mile 29 and hitchhike the last mile yeah. <laughs> have an uber pick us up yeah but you have to i mean there are there are going to be places and maybe the vietnamic those people going in, and there are 27 snakes and, and spiders that could kill them on that trip as well, you know, but yeah. you're going into that knowing that there's some danger. And, and 
we have to, I, I think we have to be honest, too, when we look at the glamour shots and the gear shots and the bikes all decked out in Morocco or this or that, we don't really know what kind of hell they got through to get to that spot yeah. to take the picture. I mean, all we see is the picture and realize how much fun that would be. So, like, you know, so the, the fortunate or I feel fortunate to at least see some of these YouTube videos, right? Right. And then they're like... Oh, this is a little <laughs> bit sketch. Yeah. I mean, they say it, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, obviously, when when I hear that they say it's sketch, I'm thinking, ah, that's funny. Without even, you know, living the 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 tangible, you know, sketchiness of sketchiness. Yeah. yeah. But you know, so so what what took them three seconds or a ten second clip about how sketchy it was, we're like, oh, that was entertainment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know the, the the real drama or what happened or what led up to them saying it was sketch. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Which is the whole sub- subject, subject, subject subject of today's episode, and that is trip planning. Because, you know, tr- planning for a backpacking trip can be uh, a bit of a minefield as we've as we've learned just in leading up to our shakedown like trip you know uh there are a lot of unknowns well that's part of the appeal but i think if some of the unknowns you know about then you can plan around those i.e a section of road that nobody but except maybe jonathan wants to be on Mm -hmm. so let's so and i think some of the biggest problems um with trip planning and this is something i've talked about before we just can't you just can't load up a backpack i mean you can't so so like backpacking you can just load up a backpack go to a trailhead and go and i i find finding a place to go with a whole bike thing especially maybe here and we're just trying to keep it local maybe we're really limiting ourselves but i think finding a route or the location or where we want to go is really proves daunting does anybody, do you, you guys agree with that or? Yeah, I think, I, I think maybe it's a Southern California thing, but like, you know, the further North you drive, it gets I, what seems to be easier. Right. Like Oregon, for example, you know, just driving through there, just, just doing the overlanding thing out there is so much easier. So uh-huh. you see people on bikes everywhere, just going off on logging roads and, you know, different things like that, different adventures. It seems a lot easier. Their terrain allows for it the the cities are more spread out um here we're kind of all piled up on each other you need permits for everything um yeah, i i think our particular area even though southern california is like you know the the dream place to live or whatever and it's you know the playground capital it's just it's not a playground for everybody though because of regulations and traffic and crowdiness you you just can't get out and have the freedom on a bike that you do and if there's a dirt road in a place going to nowhere, somebody's bulldozing it and putting houses or a strip mall or something there. So, so, so you know how like beginning of the year, I I I, I tried doing my hunting thing, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then so I went up to or I, I called um, the ranger stations up in uh, Los Padres National Forest, right? Uh-huh. Which is above you know San Luis Obispo yeah. and up whatever or Santa Barbara and up. So I'm all asking them like, hey, where can I camp? You know? And they're like, uh, anywhere, just off the road. And I'm like, like, so do I have to get a permit? And like, you know, and they're like, 
no, just, just, just do it. And then they're almost like almost uh, disgusted with me, annoyed by me for asking these questions, you know? And, and, and I don't think they realize that I'm in Southern California. And when I call my local ranger stations in San Bernardino national forest, or even Cleveland national forest, it's like, Oh, well you can, you can, you can camp or backpack, uh, on the Southeast side of this road skunk mm-hmm. cabbage meadows you yeah. know yeah um but no further than the 42nd latitude you know <laughs> and all that stuff you right. know right yeah exactly so i mean even though it's easier and even on our trips that we are our, our our previous backpacking trips there's been planning we've had maps but i mean you know we're at the ranger station at 10 o'clock at night filling out an overnight permit and then when we get there realize where we want to camp you're not allowed to camp. Not allowed to camp because there's a sign that says, well, now this area is closed. It's like, well, that sort of changes everything. Mm-hmm. You know, but granted, we were able to find a place to camp, albeit a mile further, you know, and outside of Hope. But we eventually found it. Right, Jonathan? Found mm-hmm. Hope? Maybe? Kind of. We did. We <laughs> you, sure don't, did. you don't look yeah. like it today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so this brings up one of the first things of planning, and that's location. So we're definitely finding in our own experiences, even just planning an overnighter right now, location seems to be one of the hardest things to to, yeah. to figure out, right? right? Because of a traffic or crowded or, or, or availability or legalities or permittability and yeah, things like that. Yeah, there's always this one variable that's always going to screw you. Because, right. I mean, Joshua Tree seems to be an easy answer just because National Park, um, uh, it's open 24 hours a day, blah, blah. Oh, except that uh, if you want the campground, there has to be availability. Right. And you don't know that one, you know, and because, A, you have to reserve most of them, um, and then some of them are first-come, first-serve, but that's totally, like, first-come, first-serve, and you may yeah. not get it. And then if you're going to do the dispersed camping, the backcountry camping that you're doesn't not require to... a reservation, oh, by the way, your bicycle's not allowed on that property, on that land, <laughs> on, on that area, you can drive down this dirt. You can ride down this dirt road, get to the trailhead, and then camp anywhere you want. You just can't take your bicycle you off the dirt. bicycle. Yeah, well, you can't take your bicycle off the dirt road. No, so, yeah, no, yeah. Your bicycle can't even be on the trail. Wow. Yeah, no, you're supposed to like lock it to the to the. Well, oh wow! Uh, they don't say you can lock it, they but just, th- what they're saying, what you know, they're telling you what you can't do. Yeah, right. And then it's up to you to figure out what you can do. Oh. Yeah, that okay. hurts. So, yeah. location we've definitely found that that that's that's problematic. Definitely. And um, so our first location's out. So now we have to brainstorm and figure out a new location. So once the location is figured out, and this is where I feel sometimes Jonathan may jump off the deep end, and that's the length. How far are you willing to ride, or what is obtainable? to make it still enjoyable. And I think Jonathan's answer may be very different because I'm, I'm settling down. I get it. Like, but like, so, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm not attacking Jonathan. I mean, we've jumped off the couch and have done hiking trips. It's like, Jonathan, you know, that's like a thousand feet a mile. He goes, yeah. So what? 10 o'clock in the morning at 10 o'clock at night when the fog rolls in, and he realized what a thousand feet a mile altitude is. (laughs) It hurt. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, this came up, and and as much, and I love you to death, brother. But 
last year when you and JT did the trip, yeah, we, we did tried 40 to miles. tied to, but you wanted to do twice that, right? You no, no. I mean, it's what I mean is, you know, we, well, we wanted to do 100 miles, right? Right, and uh, the first mile was 40. The first day was 40 miles. Yeah. Well, okay, wait, wait, wait. Maybe I have changed my story, but it was supposed to be a three day thing. He wanted it to that, turn it into two days. That is correct. And then th so it, it kind of jumbled me up. And so I went, okay, fine. Let's just do 50 and 50. Whereas it was supposed to be in that 30, 30, you know, whatever, 30, 40 mile range or whatever. Okay. So we did 40 something odd miles in that first day. Okay. And then the second day at mile 38, I was like, I'm done. Right. I couldn't go, my, my legs couldn't move anymore. And that's when we call Trina or whatever. Okay. So, okay. I'm, you know, I'm using that as my experience to go, okay, 40 is going to cook you for a day. Mm -hmm. So you got to at least keep it under 40. Yeah. But not only cook you for today, you got to have the ability to ride that 40 back the next day though. Right. I mean, if our first trip, we're planning as simple Maybe not as simple. We're doing an overnighter that's an out and back. We're not doing a point to point. So whatever mileage we go out, mm -hmm. and if it's all downhill to where we're going, then we know after riding X miles, camping, maybe yeah, not sleeping right, is good. Right. Now we've got to do X miles back opposite of the altitude or the gain. And that that's we've... what I did not do with JT. We were doing a loop. Yeah. So we didn't know that what the second day was going to bring. And the second day was even worse right. of okay. climbs and, and ups and downs and val everything. Yeah. So, that's so you just had a route in mind, but you didn't research any of the altitude gain, uh, the elevation gain, or uh, didn't, didn't think uh, that it would play that much into correct. it? Correct. Okay. So oh, well, really, what kicked my butt was the dirt uphills. Yeah, and we talked about this, and I've heard you mention it, uh, when you talk talk to clients talking about riding a road bike uphill, vice riding. So you, riding a gravel bike uphill on the paved road, riding a gravel bike uphill on the dirt road. And I think I, and, and I, after loading up the trailer, mm -hmm. my, my Yakima Bob trailer, hashtag, <laughs> um, with, with 30 pounds just to see how it would ride on the pavement, you don't fill the trailer. It's like you can actually maintain some speed and you can go. As soon as, even though it's hard packed, it's like hard packed, like no, no, no sand, a hard packed dirt road. As soon as your tires hit dirt road, it saps the speed, the momentum, and everything out of you. Where you were doing, let's say, 12 miles an hour with the trailer on the pavement, not feeling it, you jump onto that dirt road. I mean, it took all my legs to hold six to eight miles an hour and every little undulation in the dirt road or you hit a bump the bike gets over the bump then you feel the trailer hit the bump so it's it it's an very true statement that climbing a hill on a dirt road is 100 percent different than climbing a hill on a paved road mm -hmm. and i mean i think we should know that we mountain bike as it is but i think in the mountain biking it's different and I, I, I can't explain the difference, even though the climbing we suffer or whatever, but it was totally different because you're geared up. You have a different mindset because we're on a road, you're doing this. Then as soon as you jump off the road, you realize you're trailing 30 pounds of gear behind you, plus a trailer that could have a mind of its own. Mm -hmm. It's a totally different animal. Like, now here, you know, one thing I'll say about like the dirt road is that, okay, like f for, for the next 500 feet, 
it could average out to a 7% grade. Right. The problem is within 10 feet, it could be like a 22% grade for three feet of it, you know, and then level off and then be a 10% grade for two feet of it level off. And then, you know, it plateaus a little bit right then and there. And then your next 10 feet is going to offer a whole different thing. Now, again, when you stretch it out to 500 feet, it's it's only a seven percent grade, right? But you're feeling every, every little foot undulation of that mm-hmm. undulation stuff. Yeah, and it seems like on a paved road, it's more sustained. Well, because civil engineers, yeah, but have then on had a- to do it <laughs> the right way yeah. for for health and safety codes. Uh-huh. And then on a dirt road, it can just be right because you know, you know like, you're not grading ish that yeah. that yeah. area. And then like. Some people, you know, braking ruts, and then people get to a spot and the tire spin out, so it makes a little rut. You know, now you're running into tire ruts, and yep. little your washboards become really problematic, or the braking ruts, and you know, the stuff on the dirt roads. So, so length is a big thing. So on our trip, we have to determine as a group, we have to take everybody's physical capabilities into account. It's like, hey, I might ride, I might be able to ride 30 miles on a road bike. And I could probably ride 30 miles with every piece of gear that's on the bike, and it'd take me five hours. A, how am I going to feel when I get to the campsite? Are we going to be able to enjoy the campsite, or do we just want to crash and burn? And then B, we got to get up and ride the next day, either out the way we just came, or we don't know what's ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, For what it's worth, um, I'm talking about 12 miles per hour on the road. Yeah. And six miles per hour on the dirt. Right. And I think that's... Okay. So let's just turn that into nine miles an hour. Okay. So I'm okay with 30 miles because there's your three and a half mile hour ride. And then if, and if it does get steeper, you slow down and say, say it takes you... Four or five hours. Four or Great, five hours. Because yeah. Because you're going to do stuff. Yeah. You know? Um Yes, there are awesome people out there that are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do, you know, 60 kilometers today. And 60 kilometers is all of 35 miles. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they do kilometers because they sound awesome. It sounds really big. So, yeah. So all of that, so location, length, all of that can be summed up into like one word, I guess, and that's the route. So once you sort of have to pick the way that you're going. So... As we found out today that we had this route picked, it's 30, 30 miles or 19 or 22, depending on where we left from or what we were going to do. We had a location. We had the length. The thing that derailed us was the yeah. actual route, right? Is Would you agree? Yes. Or I you, did it. Yeah. I ruined it. <laughs> you did. He, yeah. I did. Yeah. No, because Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan knows that the, my biggest fear, and when we were planning this route, I looked at I looked at Palba Road. I looked at every possibility of a road to come in oh, yeah. to the 79 so that we had very little interaction with the 79. That, that was the whole idea of the route being picked, uh-huh. was to minimize the amount of time we were on that specific I, road. Even though we narrowed it down, narrowed, narrowed it down to a mile, it still became problematic no, so, I, and i tried to do while we were driving through there i did the same thing i was like well, okay so if we go off Paba, maybe we can cut through the mountain and then end up at Vale, and then from Vale, we can take dirt and then the koa i i tried 
you know, in my head processing at the same time, pulling a trailer and listening to two kids in the backseat, but I was concentrating. I was doing okay. Um, I couldn't figure it out. Like I could not figure out that route. So the, so the route becomes all more, all important. Well, in trip planning. Would you? Yeah. Apparently the destination doesn't matter at all. It's all about the route. Well, yeah. If you got to go through hell and high water to get to paradise, does it, uh, does it, I don't know. No, it's true. I mean, yeah. it's the route, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, know. so in trip planning, and 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 this is all things that we've been discussing, and it's things we discuss. Uh, and t- for the record, I am blaming that this is a Southern California problem that we're living right now. We need to move. I yeah. I truly feel this way, right? Because I mean, you could be in Oregon, you can be in Northern California, and you could truly pick a destination, and there is seemingly safe ways to get there. Well, yeah, when um when I did the adventure race and we raced from um Taos New Me- I mean from Durango, Colorado to Taos, New Mexico, we, you know, w- we did 360 miles of of biking, horseback riding, canoeing, that's whole 9 yards. And I don't know that we ever saw paved roads. Mm-hmm. I you know, for for the longest time when we were going to to checkpoint to checkpoint on this adventure race, we we never saw a paved road, so there are places outside of Southern California, like we talked about. I firmly believe because I've 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 been to Durango now a couple of times, and I've been to Taos and I've ridden from Taos to Durango. You you can get to other parts of this country and have adventures and not have I feel the obstacles that we have in front of us. And I, and and again, because because during our commuting episode. We may have been negative. I'm just that it it, it was. Well, pl- but it's, it's turning into a Southern California negative. I think yeah. it was a realistic negativity for yeah. where we live. Yeah. Honestly, just just because of. And I think in Irvine, if you were to try to commute or ride or do the things that you want to do in Irvine, it's more of a bike friendly area. Uh-huh. So it's 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 more conducive to doing things. Out here, you have to plan. And figure out what road you're going to ride, what road you're not going to ride. Even on a group ride, when I was leading group rides, it's like, well, we don't want to go that because they're doing construction. Dump trucks are there and there's no shoulder, da, 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 da. So you're always having to think about that because like we said earlier in the episode, everywhere that you want to ride or go, if it's an open preserve or if it's a dirt road, where well, they're paving it and they're clearing it and they're putting houses there. So that just leads to the problem. Mm-hmm. And I and I think Jonathan and, and Vinny, I think you both are right. It, it's a negativity towards activities that we want to do because we're hindered geographically. And maybe 100 miles from here, 50 miles from here, heck, even if we went up to Idlewild, I think we'd have more of an opportunity to explore and do. But then again, that sort of takes away from the spontaneity of getting out and just getting on your bike and let's go ride and go camp. Would you? Would you? Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... So location, length, and route, huge, huge factors. And then I think the, you know, just trying to keep us on track here, the other thing that has to be part of your planning, and this is where I think group dynamics, and we can talk about that, um, is the equipment or the kit that you're carrying. Um, You know, how long you're going to be gone, what type of weather are you going to be in. So all of this comes into how you're going to pack, what's going to go in your in your in your carrying devices, whatever they are, on your bicycle. Mm-hmm. So the first three things all all come into play as you build your kit. And then group dynamics, I feel, c- 
come into play. Uh, and I was discussing it with, with, with Cameron the other day. So I'm just throw this out to you because I don't, I don't think we've talked about it. The three of us are all going, we're going on a trip. We're going to the same place. We're all going to ride together. We're doing all of this. And do you feel it's necessary that we, that we distribute some like camp equipment amongst us? Or should everybody pack and be self-sufficient on their own? I just want to know your personal take on it. I was wanting to be self-sufficient just for the sake of, can I be self-sufficient? Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. That's, yeah. There's that, there's that goal in mind. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, once we get spoiled and, and know what we're doing, then, oh, hey, you know what? We only need one tent. Like you, when you and I went up to Mount San Jacinto, we only took one tent and we slept together. It was quite cozy. And it was right. a one-man tent. It was a one-man tent. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I, I took no issue I, with I that. Can't talk with you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I took no issue with that. Right. Right? And then that's where you become more efficient. And so, hey, I salute that. That's cool. Right now, you know, I'm wanting to go through the, the exercise of what, what you know, what, what does it feel like to carry All everything the, I need? So on our trip then... You, you wouldn't be like alarmed or like, oh, this is dumb. If all three of us get there and we all three have a cook set, you're, you think that's, that's good? Well, or For my own sake. Now, if you, know, if you guys want to eat off of me, then cool, meaning that I'm going to bear the weight because yeah. I want to feel what that weight is. Okay. Doing to well, no, me. That's, that's what I wanted to know you because know. like in, in a group dynamics, and I go back to my adventure race thing, you know, we, we distributed certain things. Mm-hmm. We all had to have minimum equipment to carry. But if we knew we were doing this, okay, you carry this part of the tent. You carry this part of the tent. I'll carry this part of the tent. Sure. So when we get there, we, we, we have the tent. A, you're not leaving anybody behind because everybody on the team had to be together and finish together. So you knew we were all going to be together. And I think it would be the same way that if we all ride, you know, if somebody, you know, we're not leaving anybody on the side of the road. If somebody's struggling or, oh, we'll see you at the campsite, you know, see you when you get there. Nope. So, um, you know, I don't think that would come into play. I understand your mentality because I like that idea as well. Can I be self-sufficient on my own? Can I carry everything that's needed to survive for two or three days on a bike? I understand that. And as, like you said, as we get through this, and we get into our, you know, ultimate goal or my ultimate goal, which is a three-day, two-night trip, circumnavigate, circumnavigating Joshua Tree. I feel then load sharing and equipment sharing is going to be very valuable and important because of the amount of water we have to carry. I'll carry the top ramen. You guys carry the water. Well, Sounds I think, totally fair. I think that's a deal. Are you yeah. going to carry the top ramen and the seasoning packets, though? Whoa. Okay, sure. Okay. 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 Good. Cause Deal. Because I, I like you. But. <laughs> who's, who's carrying the microwave? <laughs> so, um, so I think equipment is important in, in, as far as, as planning a trip. And then all of the other things come into play because it's like, say we did a December trip and we drive to Outer Wild and we drive out and we ride the bike the 16 miles to Black Mountain. So Idlewild's at 70 or 6,600 feet, let's say that. And Black Mountain or Boulder Basin is at 9,500 feet. So that's quite an altitude gain Mm -hmm. in the middle of the woods in December 
on a mountain. So there's other things we have to consider, not only like water and all of this, but a storm could blow in. You could get, you could be in some really, you could. I'm actually more afraid of say the pending snow than of the one mile treacherous big rig ridden road on highway 79. Well, I know that that's a true statement because after our first two backpacking trips, I wanted to do a snow trip with you and still want to do a snow trip with you. You have no interest in a winter snow trip though, correct? No interest because of just the equipment or yeah, the gear the, or the lack of knowledge or all it, of the above. All of the above. Yeah. It's very the, gear induced. The fact that snow into, is a whole different dynamic. Yeah. No, that that 100% true. So when you're talking about your kit or equipment, I think, you know, if we were to plan an Idlewild trip, and a very realistic part of that trip is if we're camping at 9,500 feet, 16 miles down a dirt road, there could be weather. Yeah, mm-hmm. you don't do that in December. You're going to no. do that in August. Yeah, because last December I was up there, <laughs> and I was driving in two, three feet of snow at Black Mountain Yeah, while watching other cars skid off the road. At, I, I, at this juncture, <laughs> I believe that the... Uh, coast is on our side or there's the desert mm-hmm. that's right. on our side? Well, I think if memory serves me correctly, you bring up the coast. If if I if we go back seven or eight episodes when we first had JT and Cameron here around episode 15 or 16 and we talked about this, one of the things that we actually discussed as our very first trip and it escalated up and down was riding from the shop to the beach. Ergo, my plan... Z? (laughs) (laughs) We'll call it plan V. Okay, okay. Um, That uh, there's the San Alejo State Beach hike, bike, campsite. Right. That uh, we don't have to make any future or any reservations for. We just have to get to the kiosk in time. Ooh, 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 ooh. My snapper doesn't work like it does for you. If we're going to go to the beach, there's an option that we can think about. What's that? Why don't I use my USMC retirement card and we get into Oceanside and we jump into the uh, marine recreation area there at San Onofre Beach, which picnics right beside uh, San Onofre State Park. Hold up. I'm sorry. What kind of access do you get going on at Camp Pendleton? Uh, I can get if we're going to the beach. I can get I can get us on with my ID card. Say hey, we're we're bike packing. We're camping at the beach. Really? These guys are with me. It's it's no it's not classified information. No, <laughs> it's not top secret. You're not gonna have to kill us. I didn't say that. <laughs> I mean, so you really we can we can we can there's camping places ish. Whatever you want to call it, in on there, on base. There's there's campsites. There's tent camping. There's there's there. Yes, I I for twelve Fourth of Julys in a row, I camped at San Onofre State Park Damn. or Santa Fro Santa Onofre Beach, on Camp Pendleton, and my buddy who who I got the site with, he brought his whole family from Phoenix, not military. Now, you know, we ended up having six RVs. 
Wow, uh, they really don't care. Pat yeah. Campbell's in there. Well, no, they care. You have to sign everybody in. But what I'm saying is, if we're talking going to the beach instead of doing a hike and bike at San Alejo, where we're going to be the, the dregs of humanity, yeah. why don't we plan a trip dude, and actually stay and beach camp? We may be camping under the trestles right there at Old Man's State, you know, at Old Man's Beach, where some of the best surfing in the country is. But we, B, location, got Dang it. it, nailed it. Look at that, full circle. Location, length, we have to figure that out. So, well, I was, I was looking at And now at we have the, the route. Deal. Now we got to figure out the route. Look at that. Right. So I know it's Highway 76. Yeah. All right. And then um, I just found out about this park and ride place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Park and ride off the 1576. Nessie Burger. Right there by about? Nessie Burger. Yep. yep. Uh-huh. Right. And then, then so so what I had originally saw was that from Nessie Burger down to San Alejo, it's 30 miles. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. Your distance. Boom. And that, of course, from Nessie Burger down to San Alejo, it's going down to yeah. the coast. So then day two ish, you have to climb back up to Nessie Burger. Right. Which will probably be 2,000 feet. Yeah, but, Who but knows what? We go from zero to 100? Not, no, I think Nessie Burger's, I mean, the, whole, the area where we live, we're about 1,200. At Nessie Burger? No, I, I, but where we live is oh, about yeah, 1,200. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Nessie Burger's seven, eight, maybe 900. No. And, really? I don't think it's that uh, much. Uh, I, Hemet's like, I used to live in Hemet, and Hemet's like 3,000 feet. Hemet is? Yeah. Well, I know Wildemar is is like uh, twelve hundred, eight hundred, twelve to fourteen hundred. Mm-hmm. And and Marietta's like seven thousand. Seven thousand. Yeah, at least. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I lived in Bonzel for a long time, and I think our our elevation was like sixty feet. We were there. There was no elevation whatsoever. Okay. All right. Okay. So Wildemar's uh, 1,200 mm-hmm. feet above sea level. Yeah, Marietta's right? 13, where I live, 1,300 yeah. feet. So where's Nessie Burger? Uh, that's, I, uh, what city is that? It's like... Uh, that's not Oceanside. It's still like Rainbow. Oceanside. It's either Oceanside or Fallbrook. Try, try Rainbow. 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 Or Fall... Well... It's the south side of Fallbrook slash... It's, it's more... It's near to Rainbow Gap. Uh-huh. I would say Rainbow... Rainbow Canyon? What is it? Rainbow Canyon's further north. What is it? Rainbow? I think it's Fallbrook. I think it's considered Fallbrook. Type in just Nessie Burger Fallbrook. We're doing a podcast and talking about Google search at the same time. <laughs> Listeners, follow along. <laughs> Type wow. in. Wow. Fallbrook's 680 feet above sea level. Yeah, but it's, so there's a lot of climbing what from What the, the heck? Okay, yeah. This is that stupid from... 500 feet, 7% grade, but by the way, you have to go up and down, up and down. Yeah, yeah. No. So your ultimate gain is, is you know, okay. All right. less than 1,000 feet okay. and 30 right. miles. So Okay. Well, yeah. It's not that bad, though. I, I, I concur. Okay. This, this could actually work. All right. So now we've discovered, discussed the four things. Now once we get off the air, we can actually plan a trip and and make it happen because... I think this is full circle. This goes back to our original goal and destination when we first talked about this. Not as local as we want it to be, but yeah, sh- sure. It's but pretty local, fig- we're figuring this out. I'd yeah. much rather go see the beach. Well, the local was, you know, out my front door. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, the, the, local. the goal is like living in Colorado, you know, drive out your front door, mm-hmm. go 20 miles down a dirt road and camp by a stream yeah. and go bear hunting. So in a couple of years when I move to Oregon, you guys <laughs> can go with You're me. You're our man after my own heart. <laughs> See, because I remember our conversation, you started backpacking, you started hunting, now you started bike riding, and your ultimate goal at some point was to combine all of these yeah. to do a trip. And now we're throwing in kayaking. So he's going to ride his bike, get on a kayak, kayak to somewhere, camp, hunt, pedal back, and then ride back. And it's all going to be glorious. So yeah, dude, at some point. With my pallets. <laughs> with my yeah. pallets on the kayak. <laughs> wow. For burning. That's so, awesome. So yes, I think we learned, if nothing else, in, in, in the extensive conversation we had, leading up to this episode and then doing this episode that planning a trip on a bike to include camping, uh, to get everything where all four or five people are conducive and have the same, it's, it is navigating a minefield and it's uh, not as simple or simplistic as like some of the articles say that it is, even though like the actual activity can be simple and simplistic, but the planning to make it simple and simplistic, uh, it, it takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit of. Well, uh, by the way, a last piece takes you know, a little bit of planning. Yeah, is that you and I have just been struggling just to even try to line up our own dates between two people. Now you throw and a then third. you throw a third, and then you throw a fourth, and then a fifth, and it's yeah. like my brain's about ready to explode. Yeah. Well, uh, we have the dates. We're, and so the three of us are kind of locked in on that dates. If, if, if JT wants to go, he has been told the dates and then he has, you know, right, right. he has to work uh-huh. around yeah. those And dates. then I even, I even said, I uh, texted the other night that like, there's going to come a point where, where we the all three of can't, us, we all can't go because oh, yeah. we all work at the same place right. and not, yeah. and someone's got to keep working that yeah. day. And Who? that's going to catch up with us. Yeah. Who? So eventually, do that? eventually, I mean, <laughs> we have now until February to figure out our three day, two night, hundred and some odd mile yeah. circle, circumnavigation of Joshua Tree. Cause that's the trip I ultimately want to do. So everything we're doing up to this, up to that point, leads lead, everything we're doing leads up to that point. I don't know. Anyway, so that's my goal. That's, that's the plan. Look at what we just did. This is a lot of work. In one hour, though. I'm tired. Yeah. One hour, as tired as you are, though. I'm not going to go ride tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to ride. Because in one hour, we just solved that big issue. We have not been able to get together and talk about this. No. For the last two weeks. In yeah. one hour right now, we solved it. Look, think of what we could do for the world <laughs> if we sat down and planned out something each world, night. World peace. Look so, at that. Uh, so we got world peace on, on the We'll agenda. work our way to that. So... Speaking agenda, uh, I'm going to just throw this out to Jonathan. This is a, a suggestion from a listener that I talked to, um, talked about our episodes and says, what some, you know, Jonathan, hey, if you have ideas, let us know. So this gives us a week or so to do some research. But uh, I think we need to uh, cover the topic of um, uh, trainers. Not somebody at the gym telling you what to do, but a bicycle trainer, be it a smart trainer or a physical trainer. And there's several ways we can discuss. Indoor cycling. Indoor cycling. So throwing that out there, possible episode 30. So 
we have a little bit of research and how we want to challenge accepted. Okay. And, and again, coming from a, a faithful listener. So I, I, and she, they, they, they may or may not like what comes out of that episode. Yeah. If you didn't like the commuting but, one. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, we won't, we won't, be, we won't be that negative. I mean, cause I, I actually feel it's beneficial and there's a place for it, even in Southern California, because we just spent an hour talking about how hard it is to get out and ride and throw in getting dark at 4.30. So there's a whole way we can go, but we'll save that for another day because if you look right over your shoulder, Jonathan, yep, that's right. You can see the weekend from here. So get out, enjoy, have fun. Vinny, thank you for for joining us this weekend and welcome to the... uh, Adventure Club, as it were. This is awesome. And, and Jonathan, as always, for 29 weeks in a row, I enjoy spending the time with you and sharing ideas and bouncing conversation across the room. So thank you. Even though I know it's been a hell of a week, but things are only going to get better, and we eliminated the deadly mile. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And until next time. See ya.